0: Welcome to The Exchange by Evolution whereby we invite thought leaders onto this podcast to open on latest trends, topics and to share these ideas with the community. Today, I'm your host Sean from Evolution and we have two exciting guests Elvin from Avgadar Dow and Tats from Play Mining DEA. And today we're going to talk about Five. Probably a brief introduction about yourself, Alvin.
1: Hi, I'm Alvin, uh, Head of Engineering for Avocado Gill. I manage and oversee the engineering teams and also help the operations for, my, for the guild itself.
2: Hi, I'm Tatsia, uh, Chief Strategy Officer from Digital Entertainment Asset, the operators of Playmining. Uh, I lead the global business for DEA here in Singapore.
0: Before we dive into the topics today, we would like to put out a disclaimer that none of these opinions, what we're going to talk about is financial advice and right. So games is something that tons of people resonate with and the evolution of game has changed tremendously through the decades of time and technology. So with this new term Gamefly, what exactly is Gamefly, Alvin?
1: Yeah, so Gamefly itself, I would say in the most simplest terms would be uh, gaming with an option for gamers to get rewards either through, uh, through some economical means. So previously we had played to win games when there was only one way of uh, gamers interacting with the game itself. Then now players are able to earn directly via rewards or other financial means.
2: Yeah, exactly uh, what Alvin said. Uh, game 5 is the breakdown of games and the, f- the fintech or finance. So it's the fintechnization of games and back in the days right we played a lot of games and you know we'll get in trouble like oh you're just wasting your life away (laughs) because you know you're playing a lot of hours putting a lot of energy and time into uh, the games but you don't get any monetary value back from that but with this concept of gamefi, now you can monetize the hours you put into it the levels you've uh, gained in this game so this is a new form of industry in the game and fintech
0: okay so these games are really popular within the blockchain space. You know, you have these NFT games that's coming up. How is this a game changer as opposed to the traditional games?
1: Want to go ahead, yeah sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, so I think the game changer definitely would be like what Patz uh, mentioned earlier was. Now gamers are able to gain rewards directly from the game itself. So, uh, one aspect you could look at is that if you look at gamers from, uh, say for example, low-income countries, they're given an opportunity, opportunity to earn from the game itself, to supplant whatever main income that they have now. So that's one aspect that he has improved. Um, yeah, so that's
2: Yeah, The game changer is definitely the key word here is ownership. So you can now own your characters in the game. And he mentioned the play and earn aspect as well, but the ownership aspect now enables not just play and earn, but also, for example, you could sell these digital assets. They're considered assets now. So they have monetary value pegged to these characters or you could even not just sell, but you can now lend. So people can borrow other people's characters for money. So now there's these uh, new forms of monetizing your digital assets.
0: And I also think that like what Elvin has touched on, um, developing countries using these as a means of like, you know, a source of income. The traditional games have like a more like higher specifications whereas like the new blockchain games NFT games it can be run on the low specifications and that really helps with the low income family countries to really like have a new source of income in that sense and what about esports you know with the traditional um, sports and then past decade we have moved to esports do you think like blockchain NFT games would also one day, you know, reach that kind of level, like let's say the very recent Dota TI that we had millions of dollars in terms of price pool month. When do you think we will reach that kind of stage?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would argue we're already kind of there. Yeah, yeah there's like a uh, big uh, blockchain game, PVP uh, tournaments online or in real life as well, with like Axie Infinity recently yeah. in Barcelona. It's yeah. a big event, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is, becoming an e-sport as well, I believe. Right. For us, we, we build games as well. We, yeah. we have multiple NFT games at Playmining, yeah. and our very first title is called Job Tribes. Yeah. And this is a trading card battle game, and uh, we have a PvP element to the game. So uh, what we've done is done the PvP online, but just recently uh, we've done some offline PvP events as well. So next month we'll be in the Philippines and doing a real-life PvP tournament right. with guilds and players all involved, Uh, so I think it's already here.
0: And with esports, let's say Dota, League of Legends, right? A lot of these competitive uh, gamers, they have the kind of uh, lifespan that's really akin to the traditional or professional uh, athletics. Do you see that the same uh, for NFT blockchain games as well in terms of uh, professional gaming?
2: I kind of see it in a range like uh the professional gamers are like the world-class athletes level right major leaguers uh but you know there's gonna be a lot more long tail players that just play for like you know a few few dollars a few like maybe a few hundred dollars a month right but they're not going to be like this is my full-time job this is uh this is not i'm not gonna be a pro uh, blockchain gamer but i play and enjoy it and i earn a little bit of like side income from it
0: so it's really much of like, uh, the full spectrum of like helping someone build a new source of income to really competitive professional gaming in that sense, right?
1: It's all like professional leagues that we have. You have like the NBA, you have the G leagues, you have the Euro leagues, and then I mean, your, your Apex of the Apex players will always play in the NBA. So that's one section itself. But you have gamers that will always play in the amateur leagues, you know, they earn money from that. So those gamers are still okay with doing that. Yeah, of course, the gap between a professional and your amateurs are, it's quite wide, actually.
0: What are the majority of the age group that you guys are seeing that's onboarding the games? And even like, is there still like a female kind of stigma that's not making up the majority or even significant portion of the uh, gaming community?
2: I mean, I could talk about uh, Playmining and our demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're noticing um, around like 20 to 40s demographic age-wise, and we have a higher uh, female ratio, so we have 46% females. Higher in the sense of traditional gaming, there's not that high of a, a female ratio. And so what we think from what we're seeing trend-wise with our users is that we're able to onboard new users that are non-gamers. So we see it as like the core gamers and the casual social gamers, and now we, this new category, blockchain gamers. And we see a lot of, uh, you know, female demographics more than the traditional gamers uh, coming in, onboarding, playing games for the first time because the play and earn feature is there.
1: Right. Actually, that's interesting. So, what kind of feature entices the female gamers on board? Is there anything special?
2: So, I mean, this is just a specific story that yeah. I've heard from a community member yeah. over a Twitter space. Yeah. But um, so, uh, this is a family, husband and wife, mm-hmm. uh, in Japan. And the husband really loved our Job Tries game. was very, very into it. was very passionate, talked to the wife about it every night. Yeah. And she does not play games. All but right, right, right. but uh, she started and she got really into it. And so she's leveled up very high at it as well. But um, they were mentioning that is kind of similar to collecting points, right? Like collecting points or collecting, like saving coupons. Mm. So, um, kind of uh, it's <laughs> it's a family kind of like a family too. experience. Yeah save up uh, and make a little bit of money and enjoy the process. Oh, okay. So I, I think there's that uh, element of just earning a little bit and there's a lot of people that like earning a little bit and still having fun.
1: Oh, and still paying, spending time with partners. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think we don't see that a lot in, uh, in the past, whereby we have a lot of males, you know, we really focus on the gaming or prioritize gaming with our friends and in the last decade or so, we see that kind of pivot whereby you know, um, spouse, partners coming on board to games as well because of the influence of <laughs> the traditional male who are doing more interested in games, right?
1: Yeah, I think you can see that with like games like Genshin Impact, I mean, if you look at their stats, they have about 45% female ratio. So you can see, like, I think it depends a lot on the game design, but then it, it brings the female gamers on board. So. I think game, game developers can work on that, on how to bring them in.
2: I think the game genre is important as well. Yeah. So we have multiple NFT games on our platform, uh, but our cooking game, which is like a multitasking, mm-hmm. uh, is very popular with the female demographic as well. <laughs> uh, so it depends on this person and like, what they like as well. So I think what our key strategy is to create multiple genres, and many different types of games, so that we can uh, appeal to more people.
0: Mm. Right. So can you share more like what's DEA, what's play mining, and what are you guys trying to achieve?
2: All right, so DEA is our company name. Uh, it stands for Digital Entertainment Asset, and we operate an entertainment platform called Playmining. And uh, the name itself, we play and mine crypto is the concept behind play mining. And for digital entertainment assets, uh, it's digital assets, but in the entertainment uh, field. And uh, we do our core business is the game Five business where we produce multiple NFT blockchain games and they're all browser-based so you can play on any device that is connected to the internet and uh, we produce many games and we're expanding uh, by licensing our IPs, merchandising or even creating uh, a new like metaverse project so we're trying to create like a 360 entertainment business based on the blockchain
1: and digital asset ownership like.
0: Sounds really interesting. And for yourself, Elvin, what is Avocado Guild and what are you guys trying to achieve as well?
1: For Avocado Guild, we work with companies that are like DA that passes is in charge. of. so what we do is that we build communities, we recruit scholars in, and at the same time, one of our strategies is to help onboard Web2 gamers into the Web3 space itself. Because as we all know that you know, if you look at crypto, if you look at crypto itself or look at Web3. The problem is how we're going to reduce user friction to bring users, new users on board. So if you want to bring gamers to play touch games, mm-hmm. what's the strategy behind it? And we we'll work together with them to see how else you can bring like, you know, male and female gamers into the space. Um, also, besides uh, games, you also want to bring more value to the community. Like, not only do we have games, we also want to look at, uh, build safe spaces for these scholars to come in, mingle around, meet new people, probably learn new skills at the same time. Mm.
0: Sounds really Interesting and you guys are like living the dream, you know, like Most boys, right? I think we are still boys when it comes to games, boys heart, right <laughs> boys at heart Yeah, we all dream of like playing games for a living and then working in an industry, the gaming industry for a living and you guys are like living the dream Right. Is this something that you guys have actually dreamt of or aspire to be when you, you were younger?
2: Honestly, not at all, (laughs) Honestly, not at all. I was very addicted to games, like, uh, but you know, there was just no monetary value by being good at games, right? So then uh, that stigma was very strong growing up and I didn't imagine myself like going 360, coming back to games, right? Um, So, but that's why I really think it's a game changer for digital asset ownership because, you know, these people that never played games are incentivized to play games because you can make money off of it. So I think that's something interesting and there's a lot of use cases that can come out of this. So we're still learning, we're exploring too.
1: Elvin <laughs> yourself? Oh, for me. Um, I think for me, I, I think my, my aspiration to be a developer started when I was pretty young, when I was doing when I was playing like Quake or Doom, those kind of games. So after the army, after I, I graduated from the army, I thought, okay, I, I, opportunity came to me to start developing mobile games for a particular company. So I was recruited at this company And I started doing the old Java mobile games on the Nokia phones and all that. So I think that graduated to me exploring different kinds of games, looking at different markets. Uh, You know, I could see the evolution from like small mobile phone games to the ones that you see now on iPhone and Android. And finally to Web3 Gaming itself, um, because I started, before that I was involved in more like blockchain kind of activities. Then when Web3 Gaming came along, there of an opportunity to find out, okay, what else can we do with Web3 itself? you know, you look at digital ownership like what Tats mentioned. You know, how else can we empower gamers uh, with the technology that we have in front of us? Right.
0: Yeah. So Tuts, you mentioned at DEA you guys create a lot of games that's on browser mode as well, right? And Elvin, you touched on the point that Genshi impact a 3D game on mobile. Do you see that kind of change or um, is that the direction going towards 3D uh, gaming or setup in 2023,
2: that's... Yeah, I think it's going to be like distinct to like who you're targeting, right? The core gamers are going to want something that's more immersive, like a 3D game, more uh, like a AAA title. And then the, I, I believe there's the social game, uh, casual gamers as well, that uh, came about with the social media era, the Web2 era. And they're more actually uh, open to playing casual blockchain games too. So I think it's just who you're targeting, but we will see more uh, AAA title blockchain games coming out from Mega Studios. So that'll probably be the next trend in the year too.
1: That's hot, Alvin? I think definitely there will be more mobile, I mean, sorry, sorry, more 3D games coming out. But I think uh, that will probably cater to a smaller segment of players who have the hardware and the machines able to run these games. Like uh, one example was I was testing a few 3D games out on blockchain. Those things run really slow. <laughs> or modern hardware, so that's a challenge. So I, you will still see a lot of gamers playing hyper-casual games, casual games, uh, because that's where the majority of the market is at. Okay, yeah.
0: So throughout this decade, the evolution of change, we hear a lot of like Web 2, Web 3, what about from Web 1? How has that changed or evolved since then, Elvin? What's...
1: I think things have been a lot more en- interactive, more engaging. Uh, gamers have a lot more choice nowadays. Um, Right now we see things where, okay, I can play on a desktop and I can also play my game on the phone itself, transferring all my saved games and data. So there's a wide range of choices. You got play to earn games. I think this is a very good decade to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: At DEA, we like to think the eras from like Web 1, Web 2, Web 3, we hear this term a lot. Um, But Web 1 era is often referred to as like the read only era. Web 2 is like read and write. And then Web3 is like read, write, and own. That's like the main type of uh, how it's explained. But in the Web1 gaming era, we like to think uh, before the internet era. So gaming before the internet, uh, you just play by yourself and enjoy it. Or you go to the arcade, put a quarter in, and then you play, right? And that was the Web1 era. Then when the internet came along and family consoles uh, and the game consoles at home connected to the internet, you now could play from home and battle with your friends. So then there's a social element included in the web 2 era and then this is where you can uh, fulfill your desire to you know be better than your friends right so you become competitive and that's where most of the core gamers are and then web 3 when the ownership aspect comes in this is when people can start like enabling other people by being strong at that game but also lending you know your strong characters to other people and help them earn so then this is like this whole new uh, era where with the aspect of ownership, uh, people can empower and enable other people or they can make a living off of it or make some money out of it as well.
0: I think we all learn a lot from the Web 1, Web 2 games. What are the other things or do you think um, specific implementations that can be learned and brought onto the Web 3 from the Web 1, Web 2 games?
1: I think more what we can adapt is how uh, play to, I mean, the, the Web2 games used to a lot of uh, intense gameplay, gameplay designs to entice gamers to play the games uh, regularly. I think the, one of the issues, I guess, with the early Web3 games was that, okay, you, can, you are going to earn rewards from this, but where's the, where's the recurring gameplay aspect that you get people to play over and over again? Yeah. So I think Web3 games can learn from that. And also, web three games could also learn. I think right now we have this. I think we discussed this earlier. Was uh, how do you convince the web two gamers to jump onto web three, or are we going to create a new market segment for web three gamers? So in the old web two games, the challenge was how to get gamers to be uh, adjusted to paying, pay to basically play to win games, right? You know, how you going to pay for DLCs, pay for transactions. So like. For modern Web3 games, how do we change that mindset and get gamers on board with this new idea of uh, blockchain games?
0: Mm, really interesting. And Thux, you mentioned, you mentioned know, Web2, Web3, probably there's a linkage there.
2: Yeah, I, I personally see like, a lot of excitement in the PVP element, so mm-hmm. the social aspect. Yeah. So if uh, blockchain games can incorporate that eSport or like player-versus-player elements that ignite the competition, mm-hmm then uh, I think there'll be a very strong community behind uh, that. So I think creating a game that can be competitive is one of the keys.
0: We have talked about GameFi, right? How we have aspired to be in this space. But what's your backstory, personal story that draw you within Web3, not just GameFi? That's...
2: Yeah, uh, my story kind of goes back, <laughs> all the way back. <laughs> but um, my grandfather's an artist and uh, that kind of shaped me into uh, really respecting creators so i've always wanted to go in the creative industry but uh, you know growing up it's like doing art you're not gonna you know make a living can't put food on the table with art So I kind of went down the business road it road that's how i kind of started my career and uh, one thing after another i started off in an it telecom uh, selling internet and smartphones and from there uh, i was looking at you know my friends on like YouTube, Instagram, they're able to you know, make a living of what they love uh, just by sharing it to the world. And that kind of gave me the idea of like, okay, creator, the creator economy is real, and the internet and uh, the Web2 services we talk about now is really changing the game. And so I joined Facebook and Instagram because I really believed in that mission of community and empowering creators and doing what you love. And then uh, Facebook became Meta and I was like, what is going on? What is Web3? What is all this? So I was re- researching a lot and then um, Goro, the founder of DEA, I, I was actually friends with him uh, and so he was like Meta is going to be going the same direction as we are you know, so we should do this together and you know did more research and realized okay digital asset ownership this is going to be like what's really going to enable creators and empower creators so I kind of uh, you know that got me in the door Web3, and I uh, haven't looked back since. <laughs>
0: in your background since young, the kind of upbringing and the influence that your grandfather had on you also played a huge part, right?
2: I think so, yeah. It drives me, like, the drive to really create something that can uh, empower creators or, like, in- enable people to do what they love yeah. is super inspiring to me. So, uh, I think, for me, Growing up was like I was playing games. It's like I, I didn't think it would be of any value. So that personal uh, story kind of ignites
1: me as well.
0: Alvin, for yourself, personal background? Yeah,
1: I, I didn't have a great granddad that inspired Tats, but I had a dad who was always pushing me, you know, to try new technologies, you know, introduced me to computers. So definitely like him, like Tats, um, first foray into games was definitely the first computer. So started, I started playing games on that. And I look at Quake, you know, I uh, playing around and modding the game itself, so that's why I, then I embarked on my journey. Okay, I want to be a computer programmer, right? I think there was a sliding more moment, there was a sliding door moment in time where I could have been an Air Force pilot. Yeah, I actually, actually ran, I actually went for that, but I flunked out halfway through the course. So then I then I thought to myself, okay, I guess it's being a game developer then. <laughs> so um, I went through like gaming startups, you know, started doing uh, mobile, mobile game startups and. Uh, Eventually, halfway through, I looked at. Uh, I started doubling to blockchain. Then I ran through blockchain events, created my own blockchain news site called Crypto Central. We explored different platforms and the ICOs they had. And after that, I took a break from gaming. After I was in Gumi, Asia for a while, and eventually an opportunity came where you know um, Brandon from Avocado Guild asked me if I wanted to join him as a hero engineering for the guild itself. Then I thought to myself, okay. Uh, I think it's a good time to get back to gaming after all this time. Uh, and Web itself is a pretty exciting space where, you know, what can I do with NFTs? You know, what can I do to help gamers you know, empower themselves? So this was a good opportunity for me to just jump in and see where this particular group takes me to. Really yeah. interesting. I think
0: all of us sitting here, we have a belief in the tomorrow of blockchain, not just gaming in particular, but Probably we can share with the audience, why do you guys think or why are you guys so bullish on this blockchain gaming, NFT gaming, GameFi? Alvin?
1: I think we are very early into this space. Yeah, there's so many things we can try out. Axie uh, was one of the frontier stalwarts in bringing this forward. So we have to thank them for pushing that. Uh, right now, you can see um, people experimenting around different uh, features that want to bring gamers on. I think once we've broken the stigma of blockchain games, I think eventually we'll see an onrush of new...
2: Yeah, there's just so much opportunities that come about uh, being able to own something or creating value. So for example, uh, with the blockchain or NFTs or tokens, in the past, even right now, there's a lot of things in the world that cannot be like, you cannot put monetary value on it. Right? But with the token, you can actually put a value on it and if there's value to it to somebody you can actually put monetary value to it So that concept of putting a value to something you can't really see or grasp or uh, put monetary value to is going to be a game changer in opening up so many things I think not just game five, but in every single industry it's going, it's going to penetrate this uh, blockchain, the token, uh, economics, NFTs, all this will come in So just seeing and being creative and thinking like how can this technology empower more people, not just creators or gamers,
1: is very exciting every day. You can see the different kind of use cases for NFTs, like IDs or asset ownerships, real asset ownerships. So there's a lot of things happening right now. Yeah,
0: that's very true. That's all the time that we have today. Hope that you enjoyed the content and learned about what is GameFi. And thank you, Elvin Tatz, for coming on board to our podcast you and sharing to, with the audience your expertise. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we get them to like, subscribe, and follow our socials in the description to the next podcast? Anything else you guys want to share?
2: All right. Uh, DYOR, but Web3 is the future.
1: Yeah. Play to enrich, educate, and empower. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. See you guys.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.